0: Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch at inspirationfromzion@gmail.com gmail.com and send any questions and any comments about any topic, any time. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end. We're also when we're also going to share an exciting opportunity. And please feel free to share this with people who you know will also find it of interest. Today we are nearly three full weeks into the war with Hamas and Gaza and waiting to see as as of this recording if and when there will be a full ground offensive against Gaza and to destroy Hamas and if there will be an open front uh, with Lebanon, with Iran, or with the Houthis and in um, Yemen, or even in Syria. We pray that all of our soldiers are swift in battle and come home victorious and safely very soon. We're also having a unique conversation today, which I hope that you will follow and, and excuse the audio problems that we had, but it's such an important conversation. We're letting the conversation roll as is. It's the first time ever that Tal Hartuv and Christine Lucan, excuse me, Kathleen Lucan, have ever been together live in public speaking about the death of Tal's friend and Kathleen's twin sister, Christine. Excuse me for confusing the two. Christine was murdered here in Israel on December 18th, 2010, when Tal was also brutally attacked and miraculously survived. We want you to understand from a very personal perspective. What happens when terrorists strike? Not just reading it from the news, but hearing it from the mouths of two people who lived to survive and tell about it personally. And as personally as one can get. Please please follow the entire conversation. And again, excuse the audio interruptions uh, that we had. It's just too important to edit and try to scrape together something that uh, that would lose some of the content. Even though the audio quality is not what we want it to be. Okay, shalom, friend. This is Jonathan Feldstein. Um, I have the privilege of serving as president of the Genesis 123 Foundation, which, among other things, hosts very important webinars like this and podcasts um, uh, called Inspiration from Zion. Today, we're having an important conversation. It's Saturday night, the 21st of October, 10 p.m. here in Israel. 3 p.m. on the East Coast in the United States. Um, this, this conversation, I'm I'm recording it because there are things we may be saying that by the time or I'm noting the date because of the things that we say by the time that some of you are watching or listening to the conversation may not be relevant or may be outdated. Um, and, and I want to just put the references to when this conversation is taking place. Um, also because two of us live in Israel where we have the potential of an air raid siren sending us to a bomb shelter at the moment. Um, Should either, should you hear that or um, you just don't see us. For those of you who are watching the video, you'll understand why and we'll be back as soon as the home front Command tells us that it is safe for us to come back. In which case, Kathleen, you may be, find yourself sitting by yourself getting a monologue for a little bit. So use that well. Um, I do want to point out that since the war began two weeks ago today, I have taken to have all of my webinars, all of my briefings and all of my interviews with my phone on uh, non-silent because I want you to hear if there are uh, air raid sirens taking place in other parts of the country as well. The Genesis 123 Foundation exists for the sole purpose of building bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel, in ways that are new and unique and meaningful. And I'm not going to do a whole big, uh, as they say in Yiddish, spiel about what that means today, but I do want to invite you to go to Genesis123.co, where you can find out more information and also through which you can be in touch. I uh, want to uh, highlight, of course, that we do these webinar series called Inspiration from Zion. We do this as a podcast called Inspiration from Zion, where I have the privilege of serving as the only Orthodox Jew with a weekly podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network, coming from Israel about Israel. And today we're having a conversation that we've talked about having for, wow, really some time, but the war that Israel is in the midst of um, kind of pushed it to the forefront, to the front burner. And I'm very grateful for our two guests um, who are here Um, we're all friends individually and together. And, and I think that all of us could probably affirm without a hesitation that we all wish we never knew one another because it's the circumstances of why we know one another that is why we're having the conversation. And it would have been much better if we were each anonymous to one another. Um, this is the first time, this is not the first time that our two guests are, um, are speaking, they are friends. Um, but this is the first time that we're having a conversation like this with the two of them in public. There will be opportunity for questions. And since we're recording by Zoom, I ask everybody to use the Q&A feature for that. Um, I also I made a note here.
1: Yeah. So So let me just quickly introduce who we're talking to and why we're speaking today. Tal Hartu is a British native,
0: an Israeli tour guide, a writer, and public speaker. She's the author of The Rage Less Traveled, a memoir of surviving a machete attack. Kathleen Lucan is the twin sister of Christine Lucan. She is also a Christian who loves her Messiah most importantly and who proudly served her country as a U.S. government employee. She's married and lives outside of Washington, D.C. Now, why are we having this conversation today and how on earth are Tal and Kathleen connected is what we're going to talk about for the next 45 minutes or two hours or so. On December eighteenth, 2010, we're coming on 13 years, uh, Tal and her friend Christine, Christine Lucan, were out on a hike on a day when Kathleen and I were speaking about the beauty of the weather. Um, They are at the moment in in, um, suburban Washington and here, as it was today as well, on a gorgeous uh, early winter uh, day and a hike in the Judean mountains. And they were set upon by two Hamas terrorists. And that's specifically why we are having this conversation. Because I want to use this opportunity for a personal experience relating to people who understand Hamas terrorism, especially in light of what we're going through now and the incidents of the last two weeks here in Israel. Um, Tal was attacked, brutally stabbed and beaten, and literally survived by four millimeters. And we're going to go into into that. And sadly, without words, um, Kathleen's twin sister, Christine, was stabbed to death did not make it. Um, Kathleen and I only met each other for the first time a year and a half ago, but we've been in touch for quite a long time. I've had the privilege of interviewing her and writing some articles, and and hopefully more will be forthcoming. And um, this is just an important conversation. Um, Without me going into more of the detail, what I'd like to do, kind of chronologically, so people who are following understand what happened and why we're having this conversation. Um, Tal, before you talk about what happened on that day, how were you and Christine even connected? Why were you two out hiking in the Judean Mountains on that beautiful Saturday?
2: Um, Well, I was working as a tour guide, and I'd met Christine when I was actually guiding. I was like the junior guide then, trying to guide a Holocaust tour in Poland. And it was an ecumenical group, Jews and Christians, mostly Christians, actually. There was only another, only two more Jewish people aside from myself. And uh, Christine and I, we got talking and she wanted to come over for Israel, to Israel for a quick weekend, see the place she loved. And that's how we got acquainted.
0: Why did she love it?
2: I don't know. I didn't really know her long enough.
0: But you knew she was a Christian, yeah.
2: Yeah, but not uh, every Christian uh, loves Israel, unfortunately.
0: Okay, Okay. so you didn't have the opportunity. And Saturday, the 18th of December, 2010.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to really poop on everyone's parade here, because I tell you why. I mean, I'm sure Kathleen has amazing insights. And I tell you why. Because this is the first time Kathleen and I, I mean, we've been speaking, right, Kathleen? And, uh, we haven't talked about what happened and there's something very sacred about life. And there's something very sacred about death. It's a very private moment. Uh, I remember for myself when after I'd been stabbed and I managed to get back for help and everyone's right rushing around. And I just wanted everybody to go away and leave me alone. So I could be, make my peace with the master of the universe. And I, I, so I don't want to recall what happened. And I tell you why also, because I've been doing this for 10 years. It's all over the internet. I wrote a book. I've done speeches. I've spoken at the United Nations. And I don't, I I feel, wrongly or rightly, that I have something more important to say. and We can probably merge it uh, as the conversation goes on. Uh, we all know the end, that a Christian friend of mine and Kathleen's sister was executed because... The attackers thought she was Jewish. And just a little correction here. The one was from Hamas and the other was from Fatah, the PLO, who is I
1: didn't know that.
2: Yeah, he's working under Mahmoud Abbas, this savage in a suit who speaks at the United Nations. But I just want to just preempt something and then you guys maneuver it where you want. Okay. Uh, that that today, remember? I mean, Jonathan, you'll know that the, the Torah portion was about Noah, um, Noah, Noah, as you said, yes. yeah, an American, Noah. So so it's a very interesting uh, piece of scripture because I, I, I don't know quite how the Christian world sees it. Usually, like God tells Noah, there's a flood, the rain comes, he gets all the bunnies in, and then it ends, and only Noah and his family are saved, and there's a rainbow, and everybody lives happily ever after, right? But from a Jewish point of view, I think I think this portion is very critical for what's happening today all right and there's pieces in that portion that will also explain why I think it's not my place to tell what happened to me anymore all right first of all the rains come we know that the world is destroyed and there's a very interesting little piece of Jewish literature which we call Midrash and it'd be very unfamiliar to the Christian world, but it's to help the Jewish people think about the text and make it contemporary. And there's a part where the rabbis, they're saying, where was the window? Because in the Hebrew Bible, it's not specific exactly where it was. Where was the window? Was it at the top? Was it at the bottom? And they're having this ridiculous argument. And I think, what are they talking about? And then one of the rabbis says, what it was is... Did God want the people in the ark to see the destruction, to see the devastation? Was that wow. important, or did He want them to be hidden from that? It's neither a here nor there, because when the flood waters draw back, okay, what happens is what we saw on November, uh, on October the seventh. We woke up to a new world, like Noah would have popped popped his head out of the ark and go, "Oh my gosh, I don't recognize anything." And that's exactly what happened in Israel. Now, what's Noah's uh, coping strategy? From then, he becomes an alcoholic. And that's the last thing we hear. He like has a hangover, he wakes up, he curses his son, and that's the end of Noah. Now, there is a relevance to all of this today, all right? Because uh, that passage about him drinking is not really talked about too much. And I think it comes from helplessness. You know, when you see, and this is what I will relate to, when you see death up close, it not only invokes in a person so much rage, that's why I call my book The Rage Less Travel, that it invokes a rage because you are totally helpless. And when you are totally helpless, you are naked, all right? And so that's why I don't think there's benefit in me detailing what happened again publicly, because I don't think, Uh, there's any benefit in detailing helplessness and nakedness, all right? But the last thing I'd like to kind of say about this, all right, is that the end of Noach is that, and this relates to Israel, it wasn't enough that he just obeyed God, right? He didn't take responsibility after the destruction. He just hit the bottle, right? And what I see in Israel today, of course, what it sees If you want to know what it does to me personally, it's terrible. I'm like reliving things. I'm really talking about 1,400 people who I never thought they'd ever understand, all right? But I think we're in a critical point where it's not just that we have to obey and pray. We have to, every single one of us, take responsibility and build this destroyed universe, 1,400 universe multiplied by however many more thousands. I think we're at a critical point, and I think that's where my story and what happened to me, that's how I want to use my voice now.
1: So to that's, Go to ahead.
2: Compel, compel people to to act, to take responsibility, because I feel we're at the edge of the collapse of Western civilization.
0: So, thank you for that. Um, Kathleen, I want to bring you in, in a moment, but I'll, as long as you mentioned the Torah portion this week, um, in a moderately peaceful shabbat today uh, unlike 2 weeks ago although with our phones off not knowing did Israel go in on the ground where's my son what are we doing we didn't hear any rocket sirens here today um i had a moment to discuss the parsha the torah portion a little bit today with my with one of my daughters and i was kind of blown away not just what you're saying and that's a very interesting um insight about Noah getting drunk and planting a vineyard and what happened afterward. But the beginning in Genesis six, verse 11, I'm just going to read the English. Um, But it's, I don't know. I'm not a scholar by far, Um, but it's in our face in the fourth line of this week's Torah portion, the actual word Hamas. And it says Hamas, I'll, I'll read the English. It says, now the earth had become corrupt before God, and the earth had become filled with evil violence. Now, that would have been suitable two weeks ago. That would have been suitable last week. It's certainly suitable this week. And I just want to echo what you're saying. It's a call for us now to say, okay, what's our responsibility? Then God changed the world by flooding it, and he promised he would never do that again. But we, we, we're, you're, you're together. We're all together because of the face of evil. And I'm going to say Hamas with the footnote, uh, Tal, that you said that one of the terrorists was um, Fatah, PLO. How nice that they were partners, um, brothers in arms, in a, in a vile way. Um, but OK, uh, this is a completely unscripted conversation because I couldn't script it. And and again, being the first time that we're having such a conversation. Um, Kathleen before we talk about you and your feelings and what all is going on you knew your sister intimately for a lot of years and i didn't realize uh, uh, why was she in israel you know talk about that you and i have spoken about it a lot what was her, what was israel to her and why um sure
3: um some years ago she actually introduced me to the um, just the just that I never even thought about Jesus being Jewish. She introduced that to me. She started to grow in love for her Messiah, for Yeshua. And um, we started going to, we went to a Messianic Jewish church to learn more about the Jewish Christianity. And a period of time, she actually went to Israel and fell in love with it. I remember her talking about the um, plane lifted off for her to go home on one of her several trips. Before her final fatal trip, she was just um, just wrecked, if I could use that word, just wrecked and and was so moved and wanted to be in Israel, wanted to move to Israel, and just loved Jewish people, loved the land, and um, I think it just came alive to her after reading the Bible. It came alive to her. She wanted to be there, and that became her mission for the next several years. She wanted to go to Israel, and that's that's a beautiful story of sacrifice. y'all what most of us would probably um, understand and know how, know how to do—leave our country, leave our nation, leave our family, leaving our friends—with the statement that she would never be back, and uh, and sadly she didn't come back. Um, so that her—that's where her love of, of Israel came about. She actually started to look at. Um, she left her job with the federal government for of uh, many years, and because she wanted to go on a tour. And um, she, after she left the government because they wouldn't let her go, she actually found an organization called the Church Ministry among the Jews, and she wanted to eventually move to Israel. So she, in an interim step, she moved to England, and then she um, wanted to be in Israel. That was her passion. That was her love for God. She wanted to serve Him. She wanted to love Him. She wanted to share Jesus or Yeshua with the um, with the Jewish people. That was her, and she wanted to be in the land. And she hoped that her, that her husband was a Messiah Jew. And she, she was just, she was on fire. She was on fire for Jesus.
0: Did her you, discar- her. Did you discourage her at all when you knew she was planning on coming here?
3: Uh, no, I didn't discourage her. I think I didn't quite understand it then.
0: I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us. In one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis 123 Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean Mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill, they are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at Genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's Genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're just- still
1: Okay,
3: so I, no, I didn't discourage. Okay. Um, I did not discourage her from coming. I didn't understand the passion um and the the zeal at the time for Israel, for the people, I mean, I love the Jewish people. she introduced me to the Jewish roots of Christianity, which opened up a whole world to me that was um that I stood in awe of i didn't I was amazed at her willingness to leave her job of many years with a secure salary her home, her life, her people, her friends that was that um utter abandonment. Um, was new to me and I didn't I didn't really understand it
0: okay. um let's let's fast forward and by the way the last time you saw her if I remember correctly was at your wedding which it was a few months before
3: yes it was 11 months before everything happened
1: and then she had gone off to England and and came here for
3: Yes, she was already living in England. She had moved from here, already living in England, and came back for my wedding. And I was hoping to see her in that November, and she decided not to come home. And then she um, went on this trip. I'll
0: share one of the articles, or more—I don't remember honestly how many that I've done with you about you. Um, even before we met or, or we introduced, I felt a very strong connection to Christine and wrote about her and. And and feel like I feel like I knew her, uh, which I didn't. Um, but you and I, one of the things that that mm. I'm still kind of ashamed as an Israeli, and something that you and I have spoken about is that you are a family of a terror victim. Your your sister was was murdered, um, and there's very little, if any, interaction connecting you in America where you live to to that. And and I want to speak specifically about how you felt two weeks ago when, or or in general, when we have terror instances here, because you've got a unique perspective. But before that, to the extent that you want to, I remember that you shared with me that it was very difficult dealing with American officials to a degree and getting Christine's body back for burial and all of that was taking place during Christmas time. Would you like to share anything about that period of time and what you were going through?
3: Hmm. Hmm, I, um, I think it was, I guess at that time it was, it was utter shock, utter dismay, um, incomprehensible done, didn't even know how to even process when the uh when the um fbi came to my home and told me what happened um i just we never i've never experienced such a thing did nobody anyone who experienced um such a thing it was a lonely experience and we've talked about that as well um there's no one to commiserate with if that's the right word uh you're longing for someone to understand what you were walking through and there was nobody here, no one who understood. Um, no way to really process it. And I yeah, no way to process it. And it was a very and we talked about it. It's been a very lonely journey. You know, God has been good. My faith in Christ has sustained me, but it's been it's been a it's been a, a lonely journey and, and uh, we've talked about how um, over in Israel, there's the, the kindness and the coming. You uh, you can describe it much better than I can. But coming alongside, we just didn't have that. There's no really kind of coming alongside here in the U.S. to help you grieve, to help you walk through it, and and to have those who understand what you walk through. Al
0: well, you want to? Uh, I, w- I want to talk about again more recent incidents, and you you already set it up before. But are you aware? Of- Kathleen kind of being out there on the periphery in terms of a family member of a terror victim and not really having any connection. Have you ever had any conversations in general with people here in Israel who who are, who are providing all those great ser- not services, mm. the, the, the things that are done for people here in Israel um, from the network of chesed, the goodness that people respond Anything you want to add to
2: that? You mean following recent events?
0: No, I'm talking about Kathleen's experience in the last oh. almost thirty years, where she's a, a families of terror victims. Here are connected to a network of other families of terror victims, and govern gov, the government provides certain levels of support. And, no, let's just
2: let's just dismiss that myth. All right, I mean, right? I can I can hear Kathleen's isolation. And I always think, you know, I was I was the lucky one because I was there. It's, the not knowing exactly what happened for anybody is very, very difficult. It brings in another new level of torture. Um, uh, and I will say, and I've been reticent to say it, but the government were extremely unhelpful. You know, I've had to fight nine years to get a measly pension to pay my rent. So let's, let's you know, as much as I love yes. Israel, the government do not look after terror victims or survivors. I don't even like the word victim. I'm sorry. I won't call myself that. Um, and and the first few months, uh, I think like Kathleen was, or at least your parents, Kathleen, I was embroiled in the court case, in the uh, police, in, uh, you know, even mm-hmm. for the court, there was no translator. So I had to get, uh, I was translating some of the indictments and my friends were doing it. Basically, it was a big mess. Uh, it wasn't uh, simple. I think As I said, to my advantage, I was actually there. So I know what happened and I saw the last moments and I, you know, and and so that's my gold medal. And Kathleen was, you know, she, she won the lottery in the sense that she experienced life, 44 years of life with her sister, which is, it's beautiful. And that's what we need to remember. Kathleen, you need to remember her life. And I try to remember Christine's life. And I think what happened to Kathleen, it must have been a ghastly, uh, excruciating, isolating experience. And um, very similar, actually, to what we're seeing now in Israel, right? Ah. One, minute, one minute you're having your coffee and your cigarette in the Shabbat and mm-hmm. the Kibbutz. The next moment you look around, your family's been murdered and the rest of them been taken off to Gaza. It's unfathomable. And that's why I say, I I, I mean, I can say it because I was there, right? it's not what happened to christine and myself of course it's important in the grand scheme of things the individual details of what happened to me and your sister kathleen they're not relevant they're only relevant to give us a platform to speak of what is happening to the jewish people today because don't forget your sister was murdered for mistaken identity and what what i see and i am going to keep dragging it away because i'm so concerned with world events you know, how the streets are being filled with hundreds of thousands of people in suits and ties joining thugs and savages calling for the deaths of the Jewish people. And that's, you know, the, uh, if this conversation can inspire people to take action and to take responsibility, that's what that's what I want to do. And I bet you want the same, Kathleen.
0: I want to come to that, but I'd like to know if we can get yes. a little personal. What? Yes. What, I mean... We, there there's been no shortage of terror. Uh, Christine's murder wasn't the last. It's not like we had had a had a of a, a vacuum of terrorism. It's something that we deal with on a regular basis. It's not our first um time that we've been bombarded by thousands of rockets from Gaza, but this has been on steroids and particularly traumatic to all of us in Israel and those of those who love us. Um and I and I want to try it not not as a victim as a survivor and two survivors and one couldn't be more closer because you're biologically not just sisters but twin sisters um what's been your response physically what what what's happened to you tal have you turned to the bottle like like noah did because of this
2: oh i i turned to the bottle in uh, december uh 2010 happily happily right. Really, I, I I smoke happily, I drink happily, I enjoy those little pleasures in life. Do I, if it was going to be like an inquisition about alcoholics anonymous, I don't know, but I've also taken responsibility. I've I've been speaking out at great cost yeah. to my mental health for the last 10 years, alone, actually. Yeah. Uh, like who else? I mean, Kathleen, that's no indictment on you. I mean, it's like I've been the lone voice in Israel yeah. pretty much, all right, saying this stuff so i think i've taken great responsibility uh, and i'll continue to do that what's been my response you want a personal answer about these atrocities of course it throws me back to the forest of course it does and the first couple of days it's like oh my gosh what is happening it's like i got an arab friend and he's sending me live telegram all right like this is what's happening at 6:30 in the morning and i'm watching the stuff unfold and i think for the first two days I was absolutely paralyzed. You know, I just couldn't take my eyes off the news. And then I thought, because you know, everybody knows I changed my name and I I, I will not be called K because that's it the, the terror attack is simply something that happened to me. It's not who I am. And K is always associated with terror and knives and uh inspiring. It's like, no, I like bird watching. Do you know what I mean? I've got other things in my life that I enjoy. so that's why I changed my name and then when I saw what was happening and I felt it was so existential wasn't just about me and that's when I wrote on my social media even though I've been under the radar for three years I'm articulate I'm intelligent enough to put a few sentences together and I can speak for those who are no longer to hear speak for themselves and I just put it out you know if anybody has media connections so my cover is broken Now, what does that do to me again? That's like, yeah, everybody's privy to my pain. And it's like, that's why I'm monitoring. Like, when is it wise to keep digging it up? And when can I use what happened to me as kind of a platform to inspire people to to take responsibility? So, yes, of course, it's very, very difficult. This conversation is not simple for me. I mean, you think it's like easy for me to watch Kathleen and see her in pain? Of course it's not. But it's not. It's not like I want people to get off and me seeing people in pain. You know, it's like there's. It there has to be, and you're doing it very nicely, Jonathan. You know, but there has to be a reason that why we're doing this, right? Not just okay. sitting shiva because that's a private thing that I need to do with Kathleen. You, you're
0: you're right, and we're going to go there. But I want people to understand. You know, you you, you just spoke. And this opens up the trauma again for you, and then there's Kathleen, who's sitting out there in the suburbs in America. I can see the leaves changing colors, which is gorgeous. I miss that. Um, but but who who's not absorbed on a daily basis, on an hourly basis with what's going on, with more bodies being identified, with more funerals, with who, who are the hostages that are being held in Gaza right now, and what are the threats and that our children and our neighbors and our neighbors' children are are all called up in the army and the fear that goes with that. Um so Kathleen, not knowing about every attack, what it what it, what did it do to you when you found out about this attack two weeks ago and the and the and the slaughtering
1: that took place here?
3: When I found I guess I found out Sunday morning before we're leaving for church and um just aghast. Um uh, unspeakable, un, unbelievable. They're really unbelievable that something like this could happen. Um, yeah, I don't know if there are any words, comprehensible, the, start, the things that I started to hear about what was happening, how how could it happen? How could the mass attack, the the taking the hostages, just, all of it just broke my heart. It, it broke my heart. Hearing about the, all those that have lost their lives, the terror, how they came in, and I've been having, you know, watch it, uh, a lot of details. I think that's kind of been a choice I've made. But some of the things I have found out it's extremely disturbing. I don't, I don't even understand how something like this could happen. And my heart goes out to, um, to those that are hostages. And I've been praying fervently for those hostages that they would be safe and unharmed. That's still my prayer. And, and while we don't know, it's, it's my prayer. And, um, just ain't, ain't My heart goes out for the Jewish people. My heart goes out for Israel. Um, even as I pray, we, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about some of those things, but just visions and and things that God spoke to me, and and just praying for praying for Israel, and just aghast at how these people could come in and do this and attack Israel unprovoked, unprovoked. Okay, that's that's grievous. These, are, you know these
2: are I just want to say what Kathleen said is really great, because I heard you angry, right? You're angry, and I think that's what Israel feels. We're so help. We, no, we're not helpless, but the rage this inspires in us all, you know, and i always I always thought after the attack, I mean I just make it very broad distinction because it's not everyone was like this in this camp or this camp, but many of my Christian friends would come to me and say, "God loves you, right." Now, I thought that's got it's like a non sequitur. It's like saying the sky is blue. I mean, what's that got to do with what happened to me? I never doubt God loves me. I, and the Jewish people would come and they would say, may God avenge her blood. And that's the only thing that made me feel alive. Justice, justice, retribution. And when I hear like beautiful Christians like yourself, and I hear that anger on behalf of God's broken heart and God's rage, that's the biggest comfort you can give israel really like yes we need to destroy evil and the only thing i'm really sorry about is the people who attacked your sister is that we we're not we're too stupid to give them the death penalty they don't have right to live i know that's a broad subject but i just wanted to say i really appreciated your anger because i think god is angry (laughs) i do i do i well yeah, you know, well, the Jewish Jewish people, people. He, he must to, be furious with what's going on. These are his children. That, look at them. Look at them. The savages murdering other human beings.
0: Uh, let's let like, let's let like him respond because we're having the issue, the audio issue. I don't want to speak over one another.
3: Okay. Have to get my. Well, uh, thank you, thank you, all. I, I just, uh, I, I know that God's a God of justice. I know that vengeance is His. I know. that he calls, calls us to do it, and and, um, and that's to, uh, it's loving and forgiving. We forgive the act. Okay? That's never, never going to be confused. Um, but in the Jewish people, they're his people. It's his promise he gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It said, "The you all are the apple of his eye, or our, our roots are worth your roots. We've been grafted in." And you know, um, Jonathan, to talk about something that I was aghast was to hear about protests in my country, pro-Hamas protests. Okay. So- I began to speak of the anger that I felt like, what, how could that be here in the U.S.? How could that be? How, that it's, it's, again, it's in, incomprehensible that we would not be sitting with the Jewish people. We love the Jewish people. To have anyone like that in our, in our nation is unbelievable. I just really, I find it unbelievable. Well, not everyone in America, this is not
0: a, 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 a what's it called, a um, spoiler alert for anybody here, but not everyone in America is a Christian or a Jew who loves Israel. Um, so we shouldn't be surprised about that. But in the wake of these atrocities, where nobody can close, nobody can, with a half a brain, can look at what happened and deny that this is just inhuman evil. So my question, I'm glad you opened the, the issue, and, and Tal, you did in terms of hundreds of thousands of people protesting. Kathleen, your sister was murdered brutally by, by terrorists. What do you want to say to these people who are protesting for Hamas? I don't
3: know. <laughs> uh, ignorant. Um... Ignorant, ignorant to what happened. Um, yeah, ignorant, heartless, uninformed. Just grievous that they would have that they would be would be protesting for pro Hamas, pro Hamas. That's that's unheard of. An unprovoked attack on Israel. What they did to the to the people and what they're still doing to the people. It's 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 unbelievable, it's incomprehensible that they it's that we'd not- have any of that going on, and if things keep coming up, it, you
1: know? no, go ahead, finish.
3: No, just I keep finding uh, little things about people in our country that are at high levels, and the government are not going to go into that. That are pro um, Hamas and spinning venom and and uh, things against and about Israel is it's it's just. Shocking, I, I just really find it shocking. I really do. Well, I think you, you would have had this. This wasn't, it wasn't like this 10 13 years ago.
0: wasn't wasn't like this 13 years ago. That's a very interesting observation. What has come off to you?
3: A terrorist organization that hates people, that's bent on violence, bent on horror and torture. And um, in a cycle of violence, in a cycle of violence, thinking that they're going to get anything changed by torturing and murdering people and murdering the Jewish people. There could be no change. There could be no change. How can we have Sadly. And how do you get out of this cycle of violence? When I saw little children, uh, Palestinian children were in rubble and crying. Oh, my, my first thought was, you're going to have another terrorist born. Isn't, it, isn't another terrorist being born and starting again the cycle of violence?
0: I want to pause on the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis One Two Three Foundation. This year we have been going out all throughout the Judean Mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers you can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Right. Tell you. No, I, don't, raise I must say something.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. Because it's very easy when, when you know you live in America and like just get stupid CNN and other like woke channels, right? And where's your news coming from? This is not a cycle of violence, Kathleen. It's not. It's linear, meaning, what does linear mean? They start something, all right. They basically want to see the destruction of the Jewish people. If they put down their guns, we would have peace today. It's not a cycle of violence. And the other thing is I thought about it, right? There's a great, there's a, 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 well, most wisdom is Jewish, to be honest, but there's a great piece of Jewish wisdom which helps me. Kathleen, you know I've helped Palestinian children, right? You know I set up a little educational club for Palestinian children to teach them English, and I always say it's a Muslim surgeon who saved my life. Nobody can get me on racism. Or mythical Islamophobia. Yes, I'm phobic of Islam, but never mind, that's a conversation for another day. But there's a there's a piece of wisdom in the in the Talmud, and it says this the person who is cruel to the kind will in the end be kind to the cruel. And I think what we all need as Jewish people and as Christians here is moral clarity. And we need to hate evil. And I know you're going to, like, maybe not, but I've heard it said from different Christians, like, especially with the bit in the New Testament where Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. That is is contextual, as I understand it, as a tour guide, and I'm reading the New Testament, right? That Jesus is, like, he's saying, look, these guys have no idea. He had very high self-awareness. So he says, look, they're crucifying me, but they don't know what they're doing. Because if you look in the Gospel of Matthew, five all right this is about hating and not forgiving what it says very clearly if your brother does something wrong go to him tell him look you did wrong if he doesn't listen bring a witness if the witness doesn't this ring the whole uh community so what we ha- i think what the christians can say and you can help me you can give the jews a ticking off all right but what i want to hear from the christians is this hatred of evil this intolerance of evil and never balancing out there's not two sides and i think i think if god wasn't god i should be god i'm just kidding but i i we need deep moral clarity we need to define there is good and there's evil there's light and day there's life and death and this is not in any way a cycle of violence that's the left-wing woke stupid media doing their lies who by the way We haven't even cleared our bodies up from the kibbutzim. And CNN are already giving voice to the other side. Who is the other side? Hamas terrorists. And you as Christians, you need to be, you are the people of light. You need to ask for God's, how do you call it, wisdom in how to interpret really all this news you're you're getting over there. Do you know what I mean? We should hate evil. We should pursue evil. We should destroy evil. I'll leave Kathleen? the one. Follow me.
1: Kathleen, you're insured. What do you think?
3: I'm not sure how to to respond. I I, I I hear what she's saying and uh maybe we'll just go and we'll leave that. <laughs>
1: okay. Um what do you want to say to the people who are protesting? me
3: okay well, i think that's what i was saying before i think i don't know who.
1: we're having trouble with the audio still who is your question to jonathan oh, to you kathleen to you
3: sorry
2: Kathleen said it she said it though, yeah oh that's okay
3: Yes, I, I think I was just, I would like to, I think, it's, I think it's ignorance, I think it's misguided, I think it's misinformed, I think it's grievous, I think it's sad that anyone at this point in time would be pro-Hamas, considering what what has just happened, unprovoked attack on Israel, brutal killings of innocent, Israeli, innocent Israelis and, and um, attacking your nation.
1: Got it.
2: You know what I'd say? Can I just say what I'd say? I'm on uh-huh. fire. I'm on fire. All right. I would say, I wouldn't even talk to them personally. I would go straight to the police and I'd say as a Jewish person, I feel very threatened. I feel my life is under threat. And these people here, many who are actually guests in the United States, right? Migrants, economic migrants, where are all the women and children, we'll ask that in another conversation. But but we, I would go to the police and I'd say, as a Jewish person, as a human being, I feel very threatened because they're calling for the destruction of my people. There should be a no tolerance mm-hmm. to this kind of incitement of terrorism. And then I'd go to the an email and I'd email my uh, congressman and I'd say, this is outrageous that this is happening in my state. And then I'd go home and I'd cry. That's what i do. I wouldn't even engage with these people. I would just be so if it was happening to the Christian community, let me tell you, I had a conversation with some Muslims who very beautiful people who are appalled at what's happening. And I told them, I said, the Hebrew Bible says this, that I am my brother's keeper. And it's my job as a Jew to protect you, good and honorable Muslims, as is as much to protect the Christian community and the Jewish community. And as we come back to the same thing, we have to take action. Action. Because so what does that mean? Are not, feelings are not going to okay. do it. So not what, does do it.
0: That, what does that mean to you to take action? Very, very first of all, I love the idea that people, rather than sitting and cowering, and there's been a lot of it in America, in the West. I don't even know where else. I mean, it, probably worldwide. But but this is a this is a this is no longer just a right of free speech. This is now a threat um, of violence and. So what does it mean, Tal, first for you to take action? And then Kathleen, I want you to think about what should other, what should fellow Americans be doing to take action?
2: Okay, I'll tell you what it means for me. To, for me personally, I'm writing, I'm doing cartoons, I'm putting them on Facebook, I'm going to the army bases, I'm giving them a little pep talk, I've jo- joined the home front, uh, I'm going to survivors of the Holocaust and just like having a t- cup of tea with them, that kind of thing. Uh And I'm speaking, obviously, all over the media. I'm taking as much action as possible. I'm also in contact with my Jewish friends abroad. You know Cheryl from Atlanta Israel Coalition. Those guys, volunteers, they're hiring a truck and they're going to broadcast the photographs of the kidnapped and they're going to drive that truck around where these Students for Justice in Palestine. and That's taking action. Like not letting these people have the freedom of speech, because if they have the freedom of speech, they at least have to take responsibility for their speech. And they're irresponsible in, in that they're causing people to run for their lives. So there's a lot to take action. I would suggest to the Christian community watching this, get in touch with Jewish people on Facebook, organizations. I mean, I can't think, I mean, there are several. Jonathan, you know Atlanta-Israel Coalition, right? You know how much.
0: Cheryl's Cheryl's here. She's watching.
2: Oh, is she? Yeah. Uh, What a little peachy.
0: Appreciate be. She's going to be copying this video and and using it. Good. Excellent. But (laughs) what a great example.
2: Yeah. So there is action to take. And there's also like, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's Mm -hmm. not. But social media is a very influential thing these days. And you control these main, major CNN pages and all these other horrible. The BBC—that's really the mouthpiece of Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister in the Nazi time—and you can just write a comment underneath what they post about Israel. All these things influence young minds.
1: Yeah, you
2: know they do. They, I, there's a, there's a verse in the Hebrew Bible which says, "He baz be k'tanot. Don't just don't take lightly the small things in life. It's the small things that have a huge effect. A huge effect. A microchip, we can talk to the moon. All right. We a little penknife when I stabbed the guy in the nuts. Right. It brought down a whole terror cell. All these tiny actions we do can have huge ramifications. So I would encourage everybody listening. It might seem a small thing you're doing, but everything has in eternity in the economy of God. It can have amazing repercussions
0: okay you just you just gave away a little bit of a of your Mm -hmm. book so people will have to find a copy and and read more about all of that and how you did bring down the terror cell um uh, kathleen (laughs) you're an american christian you're watching from afar all of the things that are taking place here your sister was murdered by terrorists what action should from your perspective Mm -hmm. should people be taking
3: I guess I've been I've been praying a lot, and I think obviously it's, it's, it needs to go beyond prayer. And, and I, I really like what Tala said about the different things we can practically do. I was talking to my husband this morning about wanting to finding some way to to um, sign a petition against a uh, against an, a, a um, professor at a college who is speaking speaking uh, hate. And um, so I think those are things. Yeah, those are things we do need to do. I agree with you, Tall. I think we need to do more. I think there's a me ignorance of what we we know to do and can do. So I do appreciate that. Would you Kathleen, I think, I think I think what you, Kathleen, need to I have to tell you, need to speak out.
2: Kathleen, what you're doing, you you're carrying a lot of pain. You're amazing. You've you've made contact with me. I mean, you know, I'm in this with you. If I can help you. We can do this together, right? We can do this together. We live here. We're the lucky ones. We we do know what's going on. You don't. I'm always happy to talk to you because I know you're a very godly woman and a woman of action, right? Prayer and action. Prayer (laughs) and action. Go get them, kiddo.
0: We need the prayers. (laughs) Um, Before I take questions, I I, want to wrap up with just one thing personal between the two of you. And I do want to ask people following live to please use the Q&A. Um, and then we're going to wrap up in the next uh, several ten minutes. Um, you you know each other intimately um, well, and your friends. What is there is there something that in the context of this conversation, two weeks into this war, fourteen hundred Israelis butchered, two hundred plus is, uh, people ha- taken hostage, over over four thousand injured. And and clearly, a war versus good and evil. In the context of this specifically, is there anything that either of you want to say to one another that you maybe have shared privately and want to share widely or that you've never shared and this is the time?
2: I will speak first because Kathleen will speak longest. All right. <laughs> So I want to say in this war of good and evil Kathleen you've always been you've always been extremely kind and I like to say that evil never makes me cry but kindness makes me weep and you've you've been nothing but kind and gracious and I am your biggest fan really and I think what you've done and how you held yourself with such composure you're you're my hero in a way you know what I mean and that's kind of high bar over to you for any theology, because I don't know what the hell is
3: going. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, well, thank you for that. I I appreciate that. I think um, as you and I spoke, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, you know, you have been a very you have been very gracious, and you have been uh, reaching out to me for since very those very early days. I remember talking to you one of those very early days when everything happened and I said I lost a sister and we talked about that talked about you being my sister. And I remember that. Do you remember that conversation? It was on video.
2: I think I think I think I was so traumatized. I thought I was (laughs) That's okay. A a mind blow, you know? she's alive yeah i do
3: remember seeing your face and just uh oh no it was just it was beautiful it was precious of so those it was those very early days and i do want to say thank you so much for the many many years that you reached out and continually cared about me and cared about how i was doing and there was such such love such love and care and compassion and i want to say thank you for that and i as i spoke to you yesterday no, I actually, um, I apologize to you because you spend so much time. I guess with such care, and concern, and compassion, asking how I was doing. Often, I was the recipient versus in turn. Because I think it was because of all the details, I was hesitant to hear so many of the details. And maybe that's why I didn't always ask. But there was that the reciprocation, wanting to know how you were doing and how you're processing. And I think those are some conversations that I would like to have with you because. will say this but i think that's that's been such a blessing that we're we've actually been connected and been able to have a relationship with one another that's been that's been beautiful and i've told you so many times even yesterday I, said, I don't want you ever to feel like you have to keep in contact with me that you know some some people may want to close that chapter of their life and not continue to have a relationship but you've been so willing to so, um Keep you gracious again to want to continue to have a relationship with me, and I'm thrilled with that. Okay. I'm grateful Thank to God for that.
0: Thank you. We're, we're rolling through uh, some audio issues. Uh, I apologize. Some people have been texting me about that. Um, technology doesn't work sometimes, um, but I think it's even even with the audio issues, um, we're still in the midst of a very important and personal conversation. And I'm glad everyone's following. Uh, I want to just last call open up if there are any individual questions. Otherwise I'm going to begin to wrap up and as as I wait to see if there are any questions, I've invited a couple of people to wrap up with us by joining in prayer um, who who are being admitted right now to the conversation. Um, But I also don't want to forget, as a matter of fact, this conversation is a it's a first. Paul and Kathleen, I'm grateful for you individually and now in parallel and now together for coming and having this conversation with us, um, which I hope will be shared widely. Um, it's also in the context of this war, and I would be remiss, tremendously remiss and stupid, frankly, on a lot of levels if I didn't make, make it a point to mention that the Genesis one two three. Foundation has been very fortunate to start a, a, a Israel emergency campaign um, where we've gotten I don't know how many thousands but thousands of individual donations. We've been involved in providing equipment not not uh, lethal equipment but equipment for soldiers so they can fight safer and fight better and be more comfortable even even hygienic stuff. Someone asked this week if we can provide. Um, laundry detergent and soap, okay, that's a no-brainer. We did that. And, and there's some videos that I'll be sharing. Um, providing uh, civilian security so that if, God forbid, there should be an attack ever again, um, people who are up front and close and are really the first responders and be well, uh, well-equipped to deal with anything. Um, at-risk youth, um, where there are an abundance of and there to, to the extent that they are at risk, they are even more at risk. And uh goodness, the fourth of them is um is we've been involved thanks to my friend David Nekrupman, um, enabling us to be part to partner with him, um, that we that we are uh including him, that we're also helping families of those who have been evacuated. Um and I'll be sharing details with that. Um, one of them, I, I actually have, I'm bringing on our friend, um, David Garmis, and we have also um, Dr. Mike Cohen, who was here with us. Um, Tal, I know you needed to cut out at 11. Kathleen, so I
1: love you.
0: We're gonna, thank you for, for joining us, Tal. We're gonna wrap up with some uh, some just quick prayers, but I, uh, but I also wanted to know that not only is Mike Cohen um, a good friend and and respected bridge builder also between Jews and Christians, he's he's joining us from on patrol somewhere, and I don't know that we need to talk about where that is. Um, I think he's he's older than I am, so I even admire the fact that he's out there patrolling and doing what he's doing. And this evening he asked me if we could step in and and provide some funding toward. Um, uh, bulletproof ceramic vests, for which I'm very grateful to have the privilege of saying yes immediately. Uh, so we're so that, and that's not because I'm so great, or the Genesis One Two Three Foundation is so great. It's because we've we've been very fortunate by um, having many many donations from a dollar on up, um, giving us the trust and the responsibility to do right things. And I know if Mike is involved, then it's something that um, that has integrity. And that's critical, especially um, as it's probably imminent that our uh, soldiers are going in on the ground. Uh, Mike, would you like to begin by, and then go back to patrol by closing us out with a prayer from a Jewish side? Do I need to, there we go.
4: Shomel Yisrael, guardian of Israel. We call out on you with fervent plea and prayer to bless and protect the civilian men, women, and children brutally kidnapped by Hamas and held captive in Gaza, along with the members of Israel's defense forces and other security forces missing in action or held in captive. May it be your will speedily and soon to bring them out from darkness in the shadow of death. May the creator of all, Break their bonds, deliver them from distress, release them swiftly back to their loving embrace of their dear ones. Do all that you can do. So that relief, rescue, long life, maybe the lot of every one of the soldiers, the little girls, little boys, the babies, the elders, and... Just all the civilians who have been taken hostage. Act on their behalf. Take up their cause without delay. Fulfill through them your verse from Isaiah. Those redeemed by Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing, and everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Psalm 120. A Song of Ascents. To Hashem in my distress I cried, and he answered me. Hashem, rescue my soul from lying lips, from the deceitful tongues. What can he give you? And what can he add to you, O deceitful tongue? You are like the sharp arrows of the mighty, with coals of rotem rotem wood. Woe unto me for my drawn-out sojourn. I dwelled with those who inhabit the tents of Kedar, Long has my soul dwelt with those who hate peace. I am peace, but when I speak, they are for war. A song of ascents. I raise my eyes upon the mountains. From where will my help come? My help is only from Hashem, creator of heaven and earth. He will not allow your fault to falter. Your guardian will not slumber. Behold, he neither slumbers nor sleeps, the guardian of Israel. Hashem is your guardian. Hashem is your protective shade at your right hand. By day, the sun will not harm you, nor the moon by night. Hashem will protect you from every evil. He will guard your soul. Hashem will guard your departure and your arrival from this time forever. May God remember the souls of all the holy and pure ones who were killed, murdered, slaughtered, burned,
1: strangled, quartered in the sanctification of your name. Mm.
4: We will all pray for them. As a reward for this, may their souls be bound in the bond of of life together with the souls of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Leah, Esther, Dvorah, Yahel, Yahel, Judith, and all the other righteous men and women, women, in the Garden of Eden, and let's say Amen.
0: Thank you. Um, I'm going to invite David Garmus now. Um, I, we we met in a in a conference in Washington. he has been a good friend, frequently joining these uh, webinars, and uh, I always. I'm blessed, David, when you forward me an email that there's another donation and another donation and another donation. It's not because of that
1: that we love you, but I'm grateful that you're here.
5: Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, You know how much I love Israel. I have visited there six times. It's always my favorite country. And... uh, and of course, on one of my excursions in the same year as the incident, uh I was led uh on a on a trip with Church of the Redeemer in Jacksonville by Tal, Cush Cush, as she was known then. Uh I'll always remember that. And and I cry for terror and I cry for all the people that, you know have been impacted by terror, so i just pray to god lord that we lift up israel to you your country lord your people always your people and we pray for the wisdom of their leaders and, and we pray for knowledge in particular for the the members of the idf as they uh Stand against Hamas and, and terrorism, Lord. And as they go into Gaza, Lord, that you would provide them protection uh, in route and all the military uh, in Israel. We pray that other countries would stand up in support of Israel. And I particularly pray, Lord, that as much as our president has promised support, that he would not back away from that. And we pray also for our allies who have stayed away from supporting Israel, that that they would turn away from their ways, Lord, and provide support to the Israel people. We stand against Hamas, Lord, as we know that you do. We know that you hate terrorism, you hate evil, Lord, and they certainly are evil. We pray for all the victims of this terrorist action, Lord. We pray that you would provide support for their families, regardless of the countries they come from, and they've come from so many countries, as Jonathan posted the other day. We just pray that they would not lose hope because that's the one thing we have from our Redeemer. We have hope, and we we know that this is not the end that one day we'll see our God face to face. So we come to you, Lord, sincerely and with our deepest thoughts and prayers that and as we worship you in this time of terror, we know that you're there and we pray for your protection and and your forgiveness for anything we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you, David. Um, Dan Coyne is another good friend, um, and I specifically invited him on because well, other than being a good friend um, and generous supporter, uh, Dan is a a family friend, his wife Darcy, and we had an incredible Shabbat dinner together a few years ago with my son, Natan, who we became close with um, who's now serving in combat. Um, And Dan, I know I know you speak from the heart. We'd love you to join us in closing prayer.
6: Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, to Tal and Kathleen, thank you. Oh, Lord God, in memory of Christine, we gathered today, heartbroken over the brutality Tal survived and to which Christine was overtaken. Please continue to give Tal and Kathleen and their loved ones comfort. While considerable time has passed since the tragedy, the effects of that will be forever in their hearts. Bless them and comfort them, O Lord. Grant them your peace. For today we stand against the evil of Hamas and the brutal attack on Israel. In short, we stand with Israel for it and for its rightful place as the apple of God's eye. For the remaining hostages and their families, IDF soldiers, and Israeli citizens, may your hedge of protection be round about them, and may everyone be safe and sound going forward. For all of the Hamas sympathizers who have been protesting against Israel, cause them to stop in their tracks and see the truth the undeniable truth. May they never repeat the hateful actions against Israel again. In this time of war in Israel, there is much to be done. Thank you for Jonathan, who stands to be counted in this difficult time to further unite the hearts of Christians and Jews. I am so thankful for Genesis 1, 2, 3, and ask your best blessings upon me. Finally, Lord, please bless everyone on this call for their commitment to Israel and the Jewish people. Bless Jonathan and his family, especially his son and son-in-law, who have been activated for war. Bring them home safely and without incident. In moments like these, we have no greater gift than our trust and faith in you. We stand on your word in the final verse of Proverbs 21. A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory comes from Adonai. Thank you that Israel has prepared herself for this day. Now we entrust her and your people to you for protection and victory. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. Um, Friends, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I'm grateful to Tal and Kathleen personally coming together tonight, and Dan and Mike and David for closing in prayer. Um, they're all all so heartfelt and, and, and very powerful. Um, and again, folks in all the communication, just please share this as widely as possible, conversation about how to confront people who are protesting on behalf of our enemies. Uh, we need to bring it to them. Um, thank you all, God bless you. We'll see you again here soon. If you've stayed with us this long, well, thank you for staying with us this long to listen to the end of this conversation. At the end of every program, we're offering you, the listener, an opportunity to receive a special gift. And for the rest of this year and the in, in immediate future, we are offering a beautiful copy of the new book that the Genesis One Two Three Foundation has published called Israel, the Miracle. All we ask that you do is like and follow Inspiration from Zion on all your social media. And when you comment and share the link to this program, we will select one person at random to receive a copy of the book. We're grateful always that this program is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, please pop in and thank them for making conversations like this possible. And also thanks to the Coin family as well for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 1-2-3 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please consider joining to help us to continue the dialogue and build bridges. This episode is sponsored by Gateway Gateway Church in Dallas uh, in, in uh, honor that our soldiers should come home and the, and the hostages come home in and, 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 uh, comfort for the families of all the hostages, all the soldiers, all those who were injured and all of those who are who have uh, been killed. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode in honor or memory of a loved one or special occasion, please be in touch at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments always as part of a dialogue and invite you to send any questions as well, especially questions you have about Jude- traditional Judaism for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this program with others who will also find it of interest, and please feel free to join unique conversations like this that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and all your loved ones are safe and healthy.